Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, on CarCast today, we're going to get into uh, Goldberg's TRX up on the dyno. What kind of power is that thing making? Um, we're also going to talk a little bit uh, about that Bugatti Chiron that we drove and uh, and uh, quite a bit more. The Rimac, the Rimac uh, electric supercar and that company and what they're doing, some big moves that they're doing. But before we get started, you know, Dodge has officially opened orders on the new 2021 Durango SRT Hellcat. It's the most powerful SUV ever. This thing's making 710 horsepower. It's going to be one year only, exclusive for 2021. Only 2,000 of them are going to be made. It's got this new aggressive styling, a new interior with a driver-centric cockpit. They've updated the infotainment system to be five times faster than before. And all buyers receive a, pulled, a full day of pro instruction at the Bonner and High Performance Driving School. So check them out. You know, and Dodge is ranked number one in initial quality and best driver appeal for mass market brands by J.D. Power. It's the first U.S. brand ever to be ranked number one in initial quality and appeal in the same year. So see your local Dodge dealer or visit Dodge.com to schedule a test drive today. Well, welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator. DeAndre here with Bill Goldberg. Welcome back. back. Welcome back. Man, weather and power outages and water issues and animals living in the house. And it's funny because I, I, I mentioned all the time, I go, yeah, you know, Bill can't go anywhere. The power's out and there's animals everywhere. and He's got to take care of the animals and there's goats and horses and zebra. And people think I'm just randy, like I'm naming animals to be funny. All of those are real animals that you guys have. No one believes that you have a zebra. There's a sheep in my lip in my kitchen right now. <laughs> you know, full disclosure, here's the deal. It, it's uh, you know, we've we've talked about this storm. Obviously, everybody saw all the news. It was a pain in the ass in, in Texas. Um Yeah. It wreaks I, I took for Gage, a lot of people. Oh yeah. I took Gage and some of his buddy teammates to uh hand out water and food at the Salvation Army last week. So in the end, uh, what we experienced was a, a, a flea on the ass of a, you know, of a huge <laughs> dog. But so, I mean, we, we, we got out of the unscathed compared comparatively, yeah. but the animal situation is the only thing that really made it a pain in the ass. And I say it was a pain in the ass. It was a pain in the ass for my wife. Um, she really went above and beyond to take care of these animals. And I talk about it. I'll do an interview here and there. We got the Goldbergs that was on last night. Yeah. Uh, you know, I did a big interview for that. And I talked about all the animals, you know, don't by any stretch of the imagination, think that I'm taking care of them because <laughs> Wanda's doing it. But yeah. it, it, it was, God, <clears throat> yeah, it's over. Well, the, the ranch is full. The animals are, uh, are in good shape. They hopefully they stayed warm and fed and, and happy. Well, and- we had a couple of them born during the storm, which was <laughs> like complete. And, and let me set the stage. It's snowing. It's about six degrees. And Wanda finds a sheep that had just had twins, right? Okay. There's no way they're going to survive in this, you know, climate. Uh, right. five it's, degrees it's three frozen. nights in a row yeah, they're on I mean, their it's own. just it's completely different man and the thing was just born long story short she tackles one of them grabs him and you know he he's ours 
she's providing him, you know, food and water and shelter and, you know, ensuring that he'll live. Two other calves hit the ground same time, right? Obviously, we're not going to grab them and put them in the kitchen. But, you know, <laughs> you do what you can. I, I went out there and I, I put bedding down and I fed them a couple times a day. You do what you can to try to try to help their existence. But, you know, the other sheep lived throughout that storm, which was absolutely unreal. But, yeah, we've got a two-week-old sheep that wakes me up at 6 o'clock every morning. But you know it's 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 all yeah man. I thought you guys were done having kids. (laughs) Yeah, you know I thought so too. But now that I I got four legs and they yeah, it's crazy. It's just nuts. But like I said, man, it's not me. She's doing all of it. It's all the credit's got to go to her. But what a pain in the ass! What a pain. (laughs) It's a it's a lot. I don't. My garage flooded for God's sakes. You know that was one of the things. Um. So it was. You know. I don't think you were. I, I I knew you were expecting some uh, some some hot summers and some bugs and mosquitoes. I don't think you were expecting it to get as cold in Texas as it got for you guys. It wasn't in the advertisement by no. any stretch of imagination. <laughs> no, no, no. Wanda yeah. never would have would have moved. Would have moved it. <laughs> Although I heard the last time it was like this, it was like thirty nine years ago. So I don't feel as if I'll be alive for the next one. <laughs> but uh, you know, yeah, we'll see. Maybe it's Gage's problem. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Um, before we get started, uh, just a word from our friends at Dodge. You guys know that Dodge was ranked number one in the initial quality and best driver appeal for mass market brands by J.D. Power. Number one in the U.S. Uh, it's the first U.S. brand to be ranked number one in initial quality and appeal in the same year. So see your local Dodge dealer or visit Dodge.com to schedule your test drive. Um, all right, so – uh, some interesting stuff, of course. Uh, while while you were gone, uh, we had our friend Brad Fanshaw uh, jump in a show with me, and we uh, we had some good chats. So if you guys want to check that out, you can go back and listen to that show. And then we had Alistair Weaver come back in, and uh, he's he he couldn't say too much about it, but he's been causing a, a ruckus with Tesla. <laughs> he's such a tease, <laughs> uh, and it's um, it's of course it's it's. Very entertaining for us all, but you know the the EPA regulations for uh, you know or the the regulations for miles per gallon and range for electric vehicles. Right there's there's always been debate. It's like for a long time, you know, gas engine cars were like, oh, it says it gets twenty miles to the gallon, and we're not seeing it. And they're like, yeah, because that's in a closed test environment or on the freeway. You know, so then we had to do the city miles and the highway miles and the combined miles and redo the window stickers and all this stuff. So there's kind of a version of that that's going on with the electric vehicles. So the guys at Edmonds, I'm sure other outlets do this as well, but Edmonds came up with a a loop, like a big driving loop. It has some high speed, some low speed, some uphill, downhill, you know, a freeway city, kind of an average person's life of of sort of driving. And they've been testing all of the electric vehicles in the same loop. To be fair, everybody gets the same test. And it's been looking like several of the vehicles, all many of that they tested, have done better than what the manufacturer has claimed. Even the Mustang Mach-E, which – we're fans of. I think it's a good car. He, I don't. I don't. Chris stepped out of the room. <laughs> Chris isn't in the booth. But uh, uh, 
it did a little better by by some percent, four percent or something like that. And um, and the Taycan, you know, the Porsche Taycan, which was rated at something like two hundred and thirty miles, got like two hundred and ninety, almost three hundred. So it, by a wide margin, and the Tesla's been coming up a little short. And soon as that story get started to really get some traction, <laughs> apparently Tesla's been blowing up. Alistair's phone, right? And going, hey, you know, what's what's going on here? What's the environment? What's the car you're using? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, hey, it's good to hear from you guys. We never hear from you in the past. Like all of our <laughs> reaching out and, you know, saying, hey, do you guys want to comment? Do you want to provide a car? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? They never want to do anything. But now that the numbers are are coming in, and I guess like the entry level, I, I don't know, Model Y or something, um, has been pulled off of the Tesla website <laughs> because of potential claims and range or whatever. <laughs> uh, I'm sure Tesla's answer is is different. Is they were probably saying they were going to phase it out anyway, and blah blah blah. So, needless to say, there will be more testing going on, and uh, it'll be interesting to say the least. But here's the here's the wonky part: is you, you want to try to test cars as objectively as possible. And now that so many cars, right? And of course I'm speculating here, but so many cars have over the air updates, which means the manufacturer can alter your car without you knowing it, right? Mostly 99% of the time, this is a good thing, right? You go to bed at night, you come in in the morning like your laptop and it says, hey, we've installed updates over the night, security patches, everything's good. You know, Tesla very famously, when, when Texas flooded a couple years ago, they were saying people that wanted to leave, mile. yeah, yeah, you, we'll give you some extra mileage, we can configure it, you know, uh, whatever. So, good. But in the world of testing, you got to imagine that somebody is sitting at a computer somewhere going... Oh, who's testing the car? Is it this magazine or is it this person? And and uh, do we have their VIN number? Can we access that car? Can we extend the range a little bit? Can we can we uh, alter that a little bit? Now, obviously, you don't want that to happen, but it could it could happen. You know, so it kind of makes you you wonder now. People that test the vehicles in in a heads up comparison like this mm-hmm. you, you kind of want them to go out and be like hey we we're going to test you know mustang mach-e we're going to test tesla we're going to test uh you know a volkswagen id4 and, and whatever but we're not going to say where we're going to get these cars is it an employee car is it a friend's car do we borrow it someplace do we get it on loan from a dealer because we don't want the powers that be to be able to manipulate when you said an email, Hey, I know you guys are doing a test. What, what day are you going to do that test? Just kind of oh, yeah, curious. Exactly. You know, I just want to make sure I'm available to answer any questions. What zip code are you going to be in? Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, cause they can track it on real time, <laughs> you know? So anyway, kind of, kind of interesting. So we got into a little bit of that. Needless to say, keep going to, uh, to edmunds.com slash road noise and follow Alistair on social media to start getting the results of some of these tests, right? Uh, it should be, it should be be kind of interesting. Um, and speaking of what's going on in Texas, (laughs) kind of, uh, 
Ford has been urging their dealers to take all the new F-150 power boosts with the onboard generator and lend them out to people that need power, that don't have power. Because you could arguably take your truck, take this truck, park it in your driveway or, or something and run an extension cord and at least get some basics going. Get, you know, a heat or – you know, something, you know, a hot water heater running, you know, you can plug it in and you can power your, your house for, for quite some time. And arguably, if you, if you're able to refuel the truck every couple of days, you can keep that generator going for indefinitely. So, um, it was an interesting effort on, on Ford's part. Now, Ford doesn't control the vehicles that are on the dealer lots. So they just said, Hey, Ford, you know, hey, dealers. If you do this, if you lend these vehicles out, you know, we'll, you know, we'll get you later. I don't know what, you know, like, hey, we'll give you a, a little bit of factory incentive. Here's 400 bucks or something like that. You know, just not enough to change the dealer's world, you know, at 400 bucks, but, you know, just encourage it. And the dealers were like, yeah, let's, let's, let's do it, you know, and I, I guess that helped a bit. Anything you can do, right? Um, at the, at, you know, at the time yeah. when that story broke, I mean, it was, hey, it was fantastic. I mean, yeah. what a, I mean, what yeah. a great scenario to have that thing in the, in the new trucks. But I think by the time they did that to the dealers, it was a moot point. Yeah. It was kind of, kind of too late. Yeah. I it, think it was too late. And, yeah. and at that point, gas was so hard to come by, you know, you're standing in line for an hour and a half, two hours at a, at a gas pump. So I don't even know if gas was available at that point, but Still, it was. I mean, what a great asset to have. It was. It was an interesting idea of going. How how can we help? What resources do we have there? Without well, no one had generators yeah. for God's sake. Yeah. I went out and tried to buy generators. No one had anything. So I mean, you have the ability to do that in your truck, and what a brilliant idea. Um, I mean, it yeah. was perfect. And what a great you know what a great sales pitch. And. So now what's your backup plan? You start walking around the property going, where do I put some solar panels and some battery backups? Everyone's going to live in your no, new my garage. Back, <laughs> backup plan is that I found out, and I actually knew in the beginning that I have a home generator that's hooked up to the house and it runs the house when we go down, right? Yeah. But it, it, it started up and I ran it through the cycle and everything. But right when this podcast ends, they are sending a tech out to run through the unit here at the other house. And then I'm going to talk to them about putting one at the uh, new garage that's going up. Because, I mean, we were very fortunate. It was a rolling blackout. We lost power for a very short period of time. But for the most part, I mean, we put our, our propane uh, stove or stove uh, fireplace on once throughout. So, I mean, we had power. We were fine. We just yeah. didn't have water. So, yeah. okay. uh, but having a backup generator, I mean, the thing's fantastic. You got to have one of those. Um. Right on. So let's talk about uh, let's talk about the TRX. So as you were there without uh, water running, um, the guys or the in, TRX, the, the guys in Florida, <laughs> the guys in Florida did have water running. <laughs> Over at they right had water head. running, and, I, and, and all I can all I can say is Mario cussed me up and down. What am I? What are you? Some kind of a? I'll just say it, weenie. You know, <laughs> not wanting to put your truck on on the trailer and send it down. I'm like, dude, there's a freaking storm coming, man. And it's going to hit like in hours. Yeah. And, like we, we got that thing on the truck as it started. So I, I, I beat it by 12 hours. No question about it, but yeah, we got it down there. And, uh, uh, as far as where we understand it was the first TRX on the dyno. 
um, pumped out some interesting numbers. I think we uh, six six fifteen sixteen something like that. Um, uh, now I was under tire, so original. I, I was under no. the impression that was six fifteen uh, rear wheel horsepower with the thirty sevens on it because you had put thirty sevens, but it turns out. Uh, no, the 37s don't fit on the fit. dyno. So it yeah. has, it has more of a stock wheel, not even the 35s. It has like a, like a Ram. It's a Denali wheel or yeah, something yeah. like that. We caught, you know, I can't tell you how many questions there. What are you guys trying to prove with the other wheels? Oh, man, guys, it just wouldn't yeah. fit. It, just so fit. it was a logical answer yeah. for it. But yeah, uh, so right. they got it on the dyno and then they start tearing it apart and doing the gearhead you know, stuff on it and uh, start throwing different packages that, that actually we are collaborating on. And uh, we got base horsepower for all three of the packages. There's actually four packages I believe that are coming out and um, we posted the numbers and I, I, I was, you know, I was surprised, um, pleasantly surprised, but I mean, that, that thing's a beast. It's an absolute beast, you know, and, and I spoke to you about it. We were losing that that uh, air box. The air cleaner is uh, robbing a lot of horsepower from it, also. But yeah, I mean, we he yeah. he did a lot of swapping out with a lot of internals injectors. Uh, he ran E eighty five through it, you know, compared it. Uh, so he got a lot of good numbers from it. A lot of good testing, and yeah. you know, full disclosure: the manifolds are on the way to. Uh, our boy in Southern California, or actually, he, they're probably on their way back by now. Did uh, did the guys from uh, from the air cleaner company we were talking about reach out? I, I left messages with them. If if not, I'll hit them up again. All right, I'll, let me. No, sir, they did not. Yeah, let me. Uh, yeah, please let me hit them up again and see what's going on over there. Um, yeah, you know, the, the tough part is is you know you're you're leaving messages and you know with friends in the industry on on cell phone voicemails and stuff. Oh yeah, uh, because nobody's in the offices. And honestly, I, I don't know if anybody works at these the companies anymore. Like, have they moved on? If they are, they working from home and. And, you know, I don't know if emails are getting through because it's been such a crazy So many variables year. over these past 12 yeah. months that make it no big deal if nobody gets back to you. Yeah, it, it's, it it's fine. It's just, you know, you realize, hey, I haven't talked to this guy in a while. I hope everything's okay and they're they're working and and keeping busy. Um, so I saw that guy said, I think Hennessy were, were got a TRX and they put it on their dyno as well. And you're right that, you know, regardless of, of the tire changes to fit on the dyno, these trucks are coming in at, in the 590 to, you know, the 615 range, you know, there's a little bit of, you know, adjustments on the dyno and some differences on, you know, on, the conditions that you're doing it in weather and things like that. But yeah, on, on average, you know, around 600 horsepower to, to the tires, which I, you know, I don't know with maybe 20% drivetrain loss, maybe a little more. It's got to be about 750, 760 uh, rated horsepower at the crank. Uh, got to so, love that. So the trucks um, are definitely putting down, putting down the power. Of course, we saw the performance numbers and how, how much these things hauled ass that uh, it seemed like it, you, you know, it was going to be making more than the advertised amount of power. Um, so you guys are putting together a few, uh, I don't know, engine packages, if you will, like a stage one, stage two, stage three. Um, 
and you're testing it. So there's no nothing set in stone yet. But do you have an idea of? Uh, I think you might have posted something, or Gearhead might might have posted something on Instagram. So uh, we're not we're not giving it away here. But um, do you have an idea of what one or two of these packages is going to come in horsepower wise? Stage one or stage two, or do you guys have? Yeah, I'll I'll go to I'll go to what's currently on my TRX, which would be the stage three, I believe, and it comes in at eight twenty six. Um, Rear wheel horse. So, yeah, so we're 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 up there, if not beating Hennessy's numbers, I believe. Okay, so you guys are adding two hundred and ten, two hundred and twenty horsepower, depending on the vehicle. Yeah. So a 200 horsepower, 200 plus rear wheel horsepower upgrade uh, is uh, it's not too bad. So it's about a 250 horsepower package at, at the crank, right? It's about about two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there'll be one one above that one, which obviously that's the one I'm going to segue to once it's available. Yeah, uh, we have friends in the industry, and you know who I'm talking about. Most likely, that it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to make it available very soon, and. Uh, That'll give us stage four. And then obviously beyond that, I'm going to have to do something extremely crazy with it after the stage four is available because I have to do things that aren't available. To the public. <laughs> yeah. so you can only imagine where it's going after that. But um, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's just having fun with this new vehicle out and it just so happens to be a truck. So it, it's a, it's a new realm, but we're looking at kind of same numbers, man. It's pretty exciting. So it, making a thousand horsepower truck is is going to be uh, uh, no no big deal. Um, are do you guys know yet? I know Mario's still going to be refining the packages. Are you going to be able to offer, you know, not just the ninety three octane package, but a like a ninety one octane package for those of us that Absolutely. have terrible Absolutely. fuel? Yeah, Absolutely. So it, it'll, I, I, it'll drop in power a little bit, but you know, to be able to have that for anybody that wants it. Yeah. And then I think the upper level packages, whether it's, I, I think it'll be stage four, stage four won't be available for a while um, or, or a short period of time. We've got to get, uh, we got to get EPA stuff. And uh, obviously that, that last piece of the puzzle yeah. um, offered to us so that we can make it available to everybody else, but there'll be, a big press release coming out soon. And it's a collaboration between uh, Mr. Salvaggio gearhead fabrications and myself. And yeah. um, it's going to be interesting. All right. Sure. Well, um, speaking of, sp- speaking of giant trucks, cause we're on the, we're on the topic <laughs> of giant trucks. Um, our friends at, uh, at Shelby, <laughs> Uh, I don't know if you saw this. This is it's kind of fun if you're if you're into this. You got the space for it. It's very not really an LA thing, I guess. But uh, <laughs> Sh- Sh- you don't need one in LA. Let's just say that Shelby has come up with their F two fifty Super Baja. This truck, and the reason why is is they're saying, hey, we do have some customers that want all of the off road capabilities of a Raptor or a TRX, but want to be able to to tow like you know grab their boat bring it to the lake do a little off-roading and all that you know and i i don't really know what the trx tow rating capability is the raptor's like 8200 pounds so it's around the same so i could pull the cobra at least yeah yeah yeah, you could do that for for (laughs) sure um yeah, you could tow. You could tow your your challenger or something like that yeah the truck and trailer yeah you could tow the car no problem uh 
But Shelby starts with an F-250. They keep the engine pretty much the same. So it's the 6.7 liter. Um, uh, you know, it's the uh, Power Stroke, you know, their Power Stroke uh, turbo diesel V8. So it's 475 horsepower, but it's 1,050 pound-feet of torque. And it has the same factory, basically factory, uh 20,000 pound towing <laughs> capability. So, because you need that, you could tow, tow the boat, the motor home, whatever, you know, the trailer. And, uh, but they just go all in on, on the suspension on this thing. Um, it's got, uh, you know, uh, uh, steering stabilizers, has a BDS suspension lift, Fox racing shocks, and with with reservoirs on it, and eighteen inch rims, the thirty seven inch tires that you're talking about. Um, you know, all all the bits you can get the the bumpers, the lights, and and all the LEDs, and and uh, and all the stuff. Of course, it has the uh, the the Shelby Ram Air hood. It's the one design piece I don't really like on the Shelby trucks. I, I don't care for the hood. I've been to their factory. Please, everybody. Yeah, I've been to their factory, and they make a badass truck. Um, I was really impressed at their facility in Las Vegas. I'm just not a fan of the look of the hood, but I guess that's an easy change. You know, they spice up the interior, the Shelby accents, the embroidery on the you know the headrest, and all that stuff. You get uh, uh, the serialized serialized plate on the dash, and all that stuff, but. You know, if you want a, a Shelby 250 Super Baja, it's going to cost you 125,000 bucks. Yeah, they're going to start about 100, but that does include the price price of the truck. This isn't the post title price. It's not like you got to go buy the truck for 65 grand. I should hope then, not. Yeah, no, this is this it's 125 uh, for 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 the whole for the whole package. I I'll be honest with you, it looks kind of badass. It's not really my thing, but it's it's mean. This thing's mad. Hey, you know, as as a TRX owner, and you know, we all know about this rivalry. I'm happy for them. The yeah. more that they put out, the more hopefully that you know rivals put out, the better the landscape is for guys that like to have fun. I I watched a couple of YouTube videos friends sent me of people effing uh, up these TRX trucks because they are. Mm-hmm. I get it. It's like for YouTube, but I don't know what they're doing. They're getting these early edition TRX trucks and they're jumping them over ravines and they're like, let's just see how far it'll go. And they got, you know, six guys with GoPros and cameras. And I saw a guy just jump. He He's like, oh, so we did this in the Raptor and it went this far. We did it in the TRX and it went like an extra 30 feet. And the guy, I thought he was going to knock himself out. He should have wore a helmet. I wish he would have, but you know. Hey, you know, people get fame. I, I'm I sure you're seeing a few of these things. Like, but I saw him, the Streetwise guy. I saw him a long time ago, right when it happened. Yeah. And everybody goes, are you going to jump yours like him? And I'm like, no. Yeah, right, I'll be right there. <laughs> um, no, thanks. Um, I have an RC car that I'll jump like that. Sweet. But no, yeah. no. What kind of imbecile is going to do that? But only an imbecile. That's an influencer and I, I, who lives on clicks, and that is what it is. That's what he does. Like, if it's your business model, then more power to you. Then he's, you know, that's an expense for for creating the video. I think he kind of screwed up a a, a, a pretty nice truck. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's one less of them that are around. Yeah, maybe I mean, he's going to hey, get it's it. Good advertisement for Dodge. I mean, it, it's or for Ram. I mean, it, you know. 
it's not the way I do it. It's like Conor McGregor as a fighter. I, I wouldn't like to, you know, be known as a shit talking guy that, you know, asks for everything <laughs> and is boisterous. You know, I'd rather just do it on the level. But, you know, it, it, in the end, it seems to work for them. Yeah. All right. Well, it was it was interesting. It was a, it was a little interesting and a little sad to kind of see. And apparently there's other videos. People are doing this crazy stuff uh, with it. So um, who knows? But I, I saw a sketch. It was just a teaser. It was just a rendering. And it was like, hey, the TRX is big and it's beefy and it makes tons of power. What if somebody went in the other direction? What if somebody slammed the thing to the ground, excuse me, made a sport truck out of it? And the rendering was kind of badass. It was basically the whatever the gray like launch edition that you guys have just mm -hmm. put down to the ground with a focus on 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 performance um you know i guess the idea was like oh we're going with a street tire we're going with bigger brakes but we're keeping that killer engine and and how much power it makes and and to each his own yeah you know, and, I, I, I bet it's cool i bet it's cooler it, but, it, it looked know, cool it was like me it was like me trying to turn the demon into the red eye before the red eye came out, right? No. Yeah. So I, I think <laughs> I, you're right. I, I mean, it'd be interesting to see somebody do one of these, like for a SEMA build, and put it out to one of the Optima Street you Car Invitationals, we'll and and just to see how it would do. Sure, yeah. I'm all for that. But uh, but you're right. There's so much put into the off road capabilities, like your demons. So much put into the drag race capabilities, way beyond what was advertised, right? Why you would know. you turn it off? I and just think it's so, so but it, Anyway, they ended up – it got me thinking about this sort of this hypercar world and the supercar world. Um, so you were gone the past couple of weeks, but I went out and drove the uh, the Bugatti Chiron Pure Sport. Mm -hmm. And they, the Bugatti lineup is basically the Chiron is kind of the middle car. And then they have the Pure Sport, which is a lower top speed, but – better gear ratios for the street it's more of their handling performance version and then they're going to do one on the other end which is a higher top speed geared differently maybe like a long tail version or something um mm. so uh they're going to be doing that and uh, the the thing was in incredible you know and i started looking into s some of the news around these supercar companies specifically because rimac the electric supercar company uh, is making a deal or closed a deal to purchase Bugatti. And I was thinking about it. It's like, you know, the the guy that owns Rimac, it's his name, it's his last name, uh, you know, he's got himself a good little company and he's making a pretty cool car. Um, I think the car is most famous when, when Top Gear was on and uh, – and Hammond crashed it um, in a terrible crash, by the way. But uh, he's okay now. The, the car is is messed up. But is that when he went off the cliff? That's when he went off the edge of the cliff. Yeah, he was doing like I don't know something a uh, time trial or something. And it it's 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 odd because it looks like he went through the arches for like the finish line, and just kept going. And I, I I really don't even remember the full story on it, but it, it just looked devastating. Um, yeah. So I was starting to question. I was like, well, I, I drove the Bugatti, which is interesting, um, and, and a fantastic car. I'll, I'll give a few details on it. We covered it already, but a few details I'll give you on it. And Rimac goes to purchase that uh, company. They can share some technology. I don't know what. 
Um, I'm, they clearly have some ideas around it. But the whole thing, of course, um, you know, uh, uh, Bugatti and Porsche and all owned by VW Group. And Porsche has already been uh, – the Porsche arm of VW has been an investor in RIMAC. Right, they own fifteen point five percent. Just a cash investment. Said we like what you guys are doing. You know, we want to be a partner with you guys. Um, but this was very important. Was this doesn't exclude Rimac from working with other car companies? It's not a, an exclusive deal with Porsche. So they work with Hyundai and all these other companies. So I, there's something with the with the business plan that I don't fully understand yet because Rimac has only sold like a hundred cars. They have a thousand employees and and, uh, and even expensive cars. You know, it's it's uh, it's kind of interesting. And then I go, oh, well, how do they buy Bugatti? And it turns out they don't pay cash for Bugatti. What they do is they say, hey, Volkswagen Group, we're interested in purchasing Bugatti. We've had a lot of conversations. We think there's synergy there. We don't want to spend any money. And they say, great, you can have Bugatti and we're going to increase our percentage ownership in your company. So – and and now Porsche is saying they're going to be adding more cash into the deal. Another once it's translated, you know, from euros or whatever, somewhere around 157 million to 180 million or 181 million dollars. So whatever, 160, 170 million dollars Porsche is looking to add into this company and they're going to get Bugatti. Uh and then I guess we're going to kind of see I haven't looked too much into RIMAC to know – to answer this question. Is RIMAC focused more on the technology, the electronic drivetrain, or the vehicle? Because if they're a technology company and they, they've come up with a very cool supercar electronic drivetrain, then the Bugatti makes sense because then they can That's say – That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. You know, Bugatti's got this incredible car. And what if we start doing a hybrid or EV version of that car, right? Because the Rimac's already fast as all hell, right? What about the aero and the engineering and everything that's been put into to Bugatti? You know, can Rimac say, hey, Bugatti's got the fastest car in the world, arguably. You know, you got to talk to Kona's egg. He might argue with you. Um, but, you know, it's the fastest car, one of the fastest cars. Can Rimac do the EV version of it? Um, anyway, that being said, uh, it seems kind of interesting what's going on there. Um, and driving that Bugatti, uh, just fast as hell, all-wheel drive, 1,500 horsepower, 0 to 60 in two and a half seconds. The top speed's dropped from like, I don't know, 260-something to like 217 or whatever. It's like, who who cares? <laughs> you know. Um, but the interesting part was we got into this conversation about – about the thing weighing 4,300 pounds. And I was like, how are you How are you going as fast as you're going at that weight? And they said, you know, if you think about it, that's the advantage. The land speed cars that are out there are heavy, right? Because you, you, you got to keep that thing on the ground. And uh, Bugatti was making a point. They're like, yeah, we're very fast, zero to 60, but we have enough power for the 200 and whatever, 50 plus mile an hour top speed. And they said weight is a big factor because, first of all, all wheel drive. 
So you need that traction. If you're going to do that zero to 60 in two and a half seconds or whatever, all-wheel drive helps. The tires are specially made. And then there's 4,300 pounds of weight on those tires, and that makes all the difference in the world. If they can generate enough power to move that vehicle, which they're clearly doing, the weight is providing that traction. And I remember when the when the Veyron came out, whoever was running Bugatti at the time, uh, his mandate was to to his team was, I want to go over 200 miles an hour in in our new car, and then I want to be able to you know take my wife to the opera, and I want it to be as comfortable and as quiet as any luxury car out there. And that's been sort of the mantra for Bugatti and their mm-hmm. goal, and what makes them kind of different. Like I drove the Senna, you drove the Senna for GTS. Fast as hell cars, but you're just it's hearing a complete, it's something it's completely a, different. Yeah, it's it's not the most comfortable seats. You hear every little pebble and rock pinging off the carbon fiber underneath the cars and all out sound deadening material. And it's cool. It's exhilarating and it's a fun car. You get into that Bugatti and that thing is as comfortable and as docile as any Mercedes Lexus on the road. It is fantastic. And then you just squeeze on that throttle. Don't even waste your time hammering down. It'll break all four tires loose. You squeeze that throttle and that thing shoots like a missile. And you're having a conversation. Would you go so far as to say it was an opulent sports car? Yes, I would. I think that's a good that's a good word for it. And it is of course it it drew tons of attention when we stopped to photograph it and everybody, you know, we did it over by the beach in a parking lot there. Everybody just comes out to see so the So there's no plastic dash pieces in there, like a no, old Mustang or something. No, and actually the designers did an interesting thing. Um the gauge cluster that's in front of you is is a basically a digital dash, right? It blacks out. It's all digital now, like a lot of new cars. But there's no other touchscreen or infotainment system screen. And it's because the designers of the car have always said that uh, they believe that's the technology, the screens and stuff are the things that make the car look dated. And they wanted it to look uh, as clean and as pure as possible. So there's there's three little dials on the center console for like AC, temperature, and fan control. And those dials change function, right? So it, right now it's fan control, and then it can change to different settings. But everything else comes up on the digital gauge cluster, your radio configuration and things like that. So it doesn't... So they perfected that BMW wheel thing? You know, <laughs> and, and there's buttons on the steering wheel and on the side. There's So there's, there's three dials and there's one like little flush mounted power button like, like you'd expect on, you know, modern day devices. And that turns on the radio. And then everything else is just controlled... The dial changes to a volume dial. That's awesome. And it actually looks fantastic. It's just beautiful. Just this cascading center console, like this thin beam covered in suede, three little dials on it. Um, And the dials have like a blacked out, like little LED, like screen, like, you know, just a, like the fan controller for your AC and stuff. It was, it was, it was gorgeous. It was absolutely gorgeous. Um, and uh, the thing was just an animal to drive, uh, you know. And it's four million dollars, <laughs> you know. It's and then there's that. I I was looking at the window sticker and I was like, hey man, um, what's this? Uh, 
Bugatti Pure Sport Split option. That's $220,000. And he said, oh, that's the paint. And he goes, actually, that's the lack of paint. So this is what happened. Is when, you, when you buy the car and it's fully painted, it costs less money than if you get it with the polished raw carbon fiber. He said, because when they paint the car, the carbon fiber it just needs to be finished and done. When you when you expose it, so the split was the two tone paint. That's when all he, the work happens. Yeah, he goes. All the grain has to be perfectly lined up. They have to spend so many more hours on doing those bodies and then polishing it and clear coating it and get like all the every like little grain needs to line up and you know can't have even just a slight little wave. There's no difference in in its structural integrity or any of that. It just has to do with with uh, how it how it basically looks. So to get less paint on the car, it costs two hundred twenty thousand dollars, <laughs> and that's what uh, that's what caused this thing to jump up to the four million dollars. Makes mark. sense. Yeah, but listen, if you want one painted all red or blue, you can save two hundred twenty thousand dollars. Now they're practically giving them away two three point eight million. You'd be, they're giving them bar- away, but <laughs> that's a bargain. Uh, Anyway, so that's what we've got going on uh, uh, for the. What most are you part. driving this week? Come on, superstars, oh, celebrity guy. You know, I, I I got into a couple of interesting uh, vehicles. Um, I I just drove the Volkswagen Atlas. It's their SUV. It's a three row SUV. I don't have a lot of the specs on it. Um, I just I just gave it back, and uh, I just went for driving impressions, which I thought were 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 very good. Um, and uh, it it didn't have it wasn't like a fully loaded version. It wasn't the big engine. It wasn't sunroof. It was like, hey, you know, you've got a family. You want something that looks good, that runs well, and has three row fold down seats in the back, and you just want the space. And um, I I think Chris looked up last week. The pricing option started like thirty two thousand bucks, and they practical, yeah. And uh, so somewhere in the 30s, maybe low 40s, you get a very nicely equipped Atlas. Um, and then uh, yesterday they swapped it out for the Toyota Supra, right? And I drove the first one when it came out. It was like the whatever, the 330 horsepower version, 330 something. And then immediately there was like a 60, 59 horsepower bump. So I got the email and said, hey, do you want to drive the new Toyota Supra? I said, yeah, that would be fantastic. Um, but they sent me the two liter four cylinder <laughs> instead of instead of the six cylinder turbo, <laughs> and uh, so it, it's in this nice gray color. I I got in the car and I was like, oh great! Now I got to putt around in this four cylinder for uh, for the next week. It is surprisingly good. It's much quicker than I thought it would be. And I don't know what the horsepower rating is on that four-cylinder. I got to go back and check it out. I don't, I don't know why the past couple of cars that I've gotten, I, they didn't give me like the Monroni on it. I didn't get the window sticker specs on it. So I think just in this COVID world, they're not handing off stuff. Like the guy drops off the car and he sanitizes it and the keys are in it. And he's like, now you go in it. I don't. I can't go in it again. So there's all these rules. So I don't think they're like handing me paperwork. Everything's digital. Uh, so I took the car out yesterday. Uh, actually, went out to dinner with Alistair uh, Weaver, and uh, 
you know, and, and drove down south and got on the car. I was like, you know what? The four-cylinder is surprisingly good. You would mistake it for the six-cylinder. So I'm expecting the six-cylinder to be even better. But I – listen, I don't – don't throw away the idea of the Toyota Supra four-cylinder. Like, like if you're not really going to modify it a lot and go for that big horsepower number, but you want a cool little sports car and save a little bit of money, it's good. I'll tell you right now, there's no way in hell you'd fit in that car. It It is oh, tiny. No, absolutely. It is no. tiny. Um, you could probably fit in that Bugatti, but a little bit of a price difference between the Toyota Supra and the Bugatti. <laughs> Honestly, I think if you change all four tires on the Bugatti, it would cost you a so Toyota you Supra. Can, you can have 400 of the Supras for one of those Bugatti. I don't know. There's going to be some kind of crazy math on it. But Ridiculous. I, I, I tell you, like I'm, I'm a day into the, to the Supra, and as much as I'd like to now drive the more powerful six-cylinder – um, the four cylinder is kind of is kind of interesting, you know. Honestly, I think I would have went with like, you know, four cylinder with a manual transmission. I wish they had that, even oh, if yeah. they kept the six speed, you know, or they kept the uh, the paddle shifter and the automatic in the in the six cylinder. That would, you know, yeah, I get it. Everybody's doing that, but this is you one of those times. Car without a manual man. Th- this is one of those times where you're like, you know, it's got enough power to make it fun. It still handles great, and the steering's tight. Mm-hmm. You know, to be able to row a gear in there would would be would have been fun. So, um, uh, anyway, what's up I, with I, that I, new Durango? Yeah, so this uh, <laughs> I've still been waiting to drive this uh, to drive this Durango Hellcat, and now it's turning out to be probably more uh, difficult than there's going to be. We talked about the Durango SRT Hellcat uh, with uh, 710 horsepower, 645 pound feet of torque. Um, you know, it's got the supercharged Hemi engine in it that we love. It's got the eight-speed automatic transmission. You know, it's a big SUV. It's a three-row SUV. Um, but it turns out that the Durango SRT Hellcat is only going to be a 2021 model year, and they're only making 2,000 units. And I believe all 2,000 units have been sold, but – you can still find a few on some dealer lot. So if you rush out there and start making some calls, you can probably find it. So here's the kind of the catch-22. It's like, I don't know what the dealers are charging for it, but now there is some exclusivity to it. You know, if you start looking at at uh, the Dodge Demon, um, you know, you, you've, you've got a couple still, I think, <laughs> two. I think somewhere. Uh, somewhere. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, and those cars are pulling money at 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 auctions. Bring a trailer, you know. There's some collectability to it that I think is is great, and it's kind of cool to to look at this Durango in the similar fashion. Um, you know, the the order books opened up in November, and uh, like I said, it's officially sold out. But uh, there's a few available that I think you can get if you contact the dealers. Um, we talked about. Getting uh getting a full day of professional instruction at the Bondurant uh, High Performance Driving School. Which listen, if you you don't have to drive, buy a Durango Hellcat to get the school, but it's badass that you do and get the get the day there. I've been out there. You've been out there. We talked very famously of you going out there with all your uh, all your pals and Ralph Jills and and uh, Kevin Hart and everybody had a great time out there um, doing that. It's a fantastic program. So I think. Uh, 
that everybody should be able to take advantage of that as well. And, of course, you get that with this. Uh, uh, the, the new Durango's got all the interior upgrades. It's got this new uh, performance-inspired cockpits, redesigned instrument panel, um, the center console, the doors. It's all um, uh, all been upgraded. And, of course, the big thing is the uh, the infotainment system, the Uconnect. This is version 5, and it is literally five times faster. I don't think they call it version 5 because it's five times faster, but I think it just happens to be a coincidence. And uh, it's got the big 10.1-inch touchscreen, which I think you guys will like. Um, but also, listen, if if you can't get the Hellcat version of this, they still make a badass Durango with all the new upgrades. You can get the Durango RT. That's, again, all-wheel drive version. It's the 5.7-liter uh, Hemi V8. Um, it's got all the SRT's menacing looks. It's got all the all the good bits in it. Also, and it tows 8,700 pounds. and has a top speed of 145 miles an hour, you know, and it has the track mode, sport mode, snow mode, you know, um, all the cool stuff. It's got the SRT tuned exhaust on it. So you can still go in and get the Durango RT, right? And Absolutely. You, things, the thing's badass. And we were talking earlier about slamming a truck. That's the vehicle to slam. It kind of is. Yeah. You know, that's the one. And like, cause when you start talking about being able to personalize the vehicles, right? Like oh, if you want to so, do, I mean, obviously look at everybody, look what everybody's doing with the challengers, the chargers. They're just, the Durangos are following suit. There's so much out there in the aftermarket. Are you, are you going to fit one of these in your garage? How's that going to work? I got to get the garage first. You got to get the garage first, and then we'll see. No what more doing. purchases uh, on four wheels before I get the garage completed. Um, <clears throat> anyway, you guys should uh, check it out. Check out the uh, the 2021 Dodge Durango. Check out the of course the Hellcat version, the RT version. Their whole lineup. It's a it's a cool truck. I'm I'm hoping to be able to get in and and test drive one of these. Uh, uh, Hellcat versions, but now they're they're obviously very very difficult to get to. So we'll we'll we'll, we'll see how that we'll see how that goes. Um, Thirteen hundred less of those than the demons. How about that? That's ex- exclusivity. Yeah, is that true? There's thirty three hundred demons. Thirty three thirty three hundred demons, and there's two thousand of those uh, of the, the those Durangos, the special Durangos that they offered. So yeah, it's more. It's more limited than the deep, if that's correct. And you said there's only 2,000. Yeah, only 2,000 and one model year. They're only doing it for one model year. Yeah. So, I don't know. It seems seems like you can get something kind of kind of fun. You know, it's amazing. Oh, what, it's just another cool deal. What, it's amazing what we're doing with these with these big SUVs, the amount of performance and stuff, and the, the numbers they're putting down. I think this thing runs zero to sixty in three and a half seconds. And we talked it's about crazy. four. It runs like eleven fifties in the quarter mile. And you needs to spend three fifty on a on a Urus. Yeah, you know? it's funny because get, get one of these things. Last week, Alistair said he took the Lamborghini Urus and the uh, the Aston Martin DBX both out to Willow Springs. And, nice. and he said both were were great, both were fantastic. Um, the the DBX was impressive, but the DBX is zero to sixty in like four and a half seconds. By no means is that slow, but compared to the Lamborghini, which was like three and a half seconds, three yeah. four or something like that, uh, that thing was just was just an animal. Um, and he goes, but as as good as the Lamborghini is. Uh, there was a lot of nice touches in the Aston Martin. It has that, you know, more of the hand stitching and 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 more bits plush. And, and yeah, in the 
Yeah, you know, and and we'll see. I think it's a great move for Aston Martin, but you know, again, we're talking about cars that are two hundred and something thousand, two hundred fifty thousand dollars, right? And uh, you want to be able to go tear up the track. You 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 know, you could do it in a Durango. track. Arc. You could do it in a, in there you a, go. In a track. There you could do it in a Durango as well. But um, uh, all right, so we're gonna. I think we're gonna start wrapping things up. Uh, first, a word from our friends at Geico. We talked about owning your home or renting your home and how much work it can be. Maybe you have sheep in the kitchen or goats in the kitchen. <laughs> oh, God, please. <laughs> <laughs> or something. Um, well, Geico helps to make it all easy. They make it easy by bundling your homeowners and renters insurance along with your auto policy. And that's a good thing because we already have so much to do around the home already. Oh, man. So just go to Geico.com and get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. All right. There's the photo. It's on your phone. You're getting text messages from Dave Salvaggio in the middle of our call. Yeah, that's the first time I've seen it completed. So All right. So awesome. this is this is the Charger Twin Turbo Hellcat. So you're making 1,000? 1,500? 1,500? A little over 1,500. 1,500 horsepower. Uh, and actually, it looks fantastic. The body. So he did some paint. Is, is is the satin wrap? It's probably some satin wrap, right? No, not at all. That's that's, that's he, paint over the carbon. Oh, he he did. So, so he did what? Full full carbon wide body on it. Um, now no, it's just full carbon front end. You know, and and assorted pieces. We didn't go full full carbon on the whole thing. There's no reason to do that at this point. That just means that I would. Uh, not have the car for another six months for God's sake. So I need to start driving it. So no. Yeah. Well, no. but uh, we got, we got a uh, turbo 400 being put in next week. So it's uh, sitting at Mario's as we speak and the car will be uh, on a truck, hopefully later this afternoon on its way back down to Florida again. And it's got, it's got the parachute on the back. <laughs> yes. So- it will be taken off before I take Gage to school. <laughs> now it's, was the idea now as this thing moved along to be a track race focused vehicle, right? I mean, kind of a street car, but I mean, you could it's have done got, this. It's gotten there. I mean, it's that's where it is now. Yeah. Cause there's really no choice at this point. With the, there is no, no, there's no choice right now. There was, there was the thought early on of, of going with the all wheel drive drivetrain, but you, decided to stick with the rear wheel drive on this yeah and you know i mean uh, what we've ended up with is is a drag racing vehicle as people are walking out the door uh is a is a full drag racing vehicle yes i'm going to drive it on the street but you know did mario put a cage in that yeah oh yeah yeah Yeah. the cage was going in in the beginning that was one of the first things that happened when it went down regardless of what i was doing it was going to be crazy enough to put a cage in yeah. So, well, that's yeah. good. That's a good move. 1500 so, horsepower. You know, we'll talk in depth about it. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, all right. We're going to wrap it up. Let's uh we'll wrap it up. We'll let you go. You got animals to feed. <laughs> uh, kill me now. Um awesome man. Thank you. What else you got going on today? Anything else you got to throw out there? You said Goldberg's was on uh the other Goldberg's day. Goldberg's was on uh last night, man. And uh yeah, I'm sure there'll be a lot of memes about it. My first line on the show was eat my sack and we'll end on that. <laughs> All right. Uh <laughs> I love you. 
<laughs> Thanks, buddy. Um, we'll, we'll chat next week. Uh, have a good one. Until next time, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. Whoa, whoa, whoa. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. CarCast Show.